Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Games Parlay, uh, the show where Matt and I talk about games and everything involved with them. Uh, it's been a hot minute by the time this episode goes up. It'll be about two months since our last episode. Uh, but we needed to take a break and kind of reevaluate where some topics we wanted to cover are. But we're back, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Matt. Hello, hello. We also hey. left because being an adult is hard. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, <laughs> and we don't always have the energy and time to talk about video games, but here we are. Yay. Uh, but if you're reading the title, you know that we have a very special guest on the show. And before they introduce themselves, I was looking back at the episodes. And if you're somebody who's gotten to the podcast recently and you've listened to all of our episodes, which first off, bless you. Uh, the very first episode of this podcast was an episode on Overwatch. Uh, when I used to get a rotating crew of people uh, to talk on the show. And our special guest today was on the very first episode of the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend. All right. Well, hello. My name is Hunter. Uh, I was on the first episode of the show that I, uh, I remember I recommended playing Overwatch to people. Uh, hey, don't do that now. Yeah, um, that episode hasn't aged well a year and a half. Has not <laughs> aged well at all. <laughs> um so yeah um i'm here to talk with two of my best friends so yeah. I'm excited yeah it's awesome it's been a while since we've had a guest on the show and i'm really excited uh and we have a really awesome topic uh today this is actually something that came up um i actually come up a couple times in passing in just our regular conversation uh and today we're talking about game reviews um and I do want to preface that the stuff we're mentioning today really kind of applies to all reviews and critic analysis and internet feedback, those kinds of things. Um, so while we're specifically taking at it, looking at it from the games angle, um, it's really important to know that this is really stuff you could apply pretty much anywhere else that there are critics involved. Um, and so kind of how it came up was, um, at the time of recording, Pokemon... Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are on the way. Um, leaks have been coming out. There's a whole lot of games right now and movies that are just getting, like, tanked reviews. Um, and we're here to talk about kind of how to take in those reviews and kind of what's what to look out for. So I guess just to kind of start things off, um, when you guys look at reviews, wh what are some things that you look for right away or what what are some things that you caution yourself whenever you go into them i'll let our guests take it first well okay uh so with reviews for my for myself i caution almost all of them uh i take every review with a grain of salt until i can uh like experience the thing myself i'll read it sure but like i won't you know read a review and say oh i'm not gonna see it let's take for example uh the movie the eternals that just came out right yeah, uh, it was getting review bombed, uh, and you know most people be like, "Oh, look at these bad reviews." I'm not gonna go see it. Well, I didn't say I didn't say that. I was like, "Okay, this is weird." Uh, you think a lot of it could be like political, honestly, because there were some issues with that with that movie. Apparently, I which I think is stupid, very stupid. Um, yeah, but I went and saw it, and I thought it was fine. Uh, I had my issues with it that were not the same issues that a lot of the reviews had. Uh, which is why, like, I won't be looking at those websites for reviews for much longer. <laughs> uh, because, like, at the end of the day, a, a review is a personal opinion, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So like to find what you like, I'm kind of jumping the shark here, I guess. Uh, find the reviews that align with what you like, right? So like if a review says, oh, for, for myself personally, oh, Destiny 2 is bad because it's a grindy game. Well, I like grindy games. So maybe that's not the best review for me, you know? That makes a lot of sense. I, I agree that um, if you are somebody who wants to read and listen to reviews of different things about media, you should probably find specific outlets or groups of people that you find yourself agreeing with most often. Because then, when they share an opinion, you can more likely also hold that same opinion and be able to take their word in and decide if you want to watch or play that thing that they're talking about. So, yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it, Hunter. Yeah, and to go with that, um, a lot of times in our media and culture right now, it's always this whole thing of, like, well, you've got to see both sides. Um, it's just kind of a weird, not necessarily a weird thing in media right now, but with video games and media in particular, like, you are looking to that site or whatever to decide, to give you an idea on whether or not it's something that you actually want to participate with. Um, and so, yeah, like you should find reviewers that are, that feel a certain way about the games that you like to play. Not saying you can't look at others. Um, I was actually just talking with Hunter before, uh, we started today's episode and just as a quick example, like I love RPGs, as you guys know, I say that literally every episode on the show, uh, IGN has a history of really not rating RPGs very highly um, and having some issues with kind of how how they review RPGs. Um, and I'll get into, like, the specifics of that later. Um, we're still pre being pretty general right now. But <clears throat> when an RPG comes out, I don't look at IGN's reviews. Um, I may look at the number just to see what they gave it to them. But in general, they're not my go-to site for RPG news. That makes sense. Why would you continue to take in a review that you find yourself disagreeing with all the time? That doesn't make sense. Right. <clears throat> so, um, something else to keep in mind uh, as well is if you guys, uh, I don't know about YouTube, but I don't have too many websites themselves that I tend to go to. Most of my reviews that I look at now are video reviews. Um, but if you do read a website, I encourage everyone to go one step further and look at the writers on that website. Uh, Cause mm -hmm. not every review on a website is the sole opinion of the website. It's usually the one person who was set to review that game in particular. That's especially the case of those bigger websites like IGN and similarly sized publications. Um, and they have a rotating group of people too. So like, even if you do find a writer that you agree with from those websites they won't be writing every review and eventually they will not be writing any reviews and they'll probably go somewhere else so yeah the other thing that you have to consider with reviews especially like ign kotaku like all the big name you know reviewers is they the reviews are a lot of the time a snapshot of the game you yes. know yes um so like there's a lot of games that thrive on the post game right um, and if it's like a game that like, you know, it's like a playthrough and that's li that's literally it, that's fine. But like, 
with those other games, it's like the post game is where the like the majority of the game is. You can't do a playthrough of the story. Judge it based on that and only on that when there is literally over half of the game left. Right? Yeah. That's a very absolutely. fair point. It's not like a movie where you sit down for two hours and you consume the entire thing. Games can take tens or in Billy's case, hundreds of hours um, to complete. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, and one that I saw that, again, Hunter and I were talking about before, I'll go ahead and bring it up, this IGN article. So in Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, and by the way, I'm not harping on IGN. They're a great news publication for video games. they just somebody else later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, they, they really are good at what they do, but they just don't review the games that I play as highly. Um, but in their video review of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, um, you can see that they're running around in the low-level areas with maxed-out characters. Um, so either they got some sort of review build that was maxed-out characters so they could just plow through the story um, and everything. It, it's always good to look at that stuff because, obviously, they didn't get a real taste of the gameplay that way, if that's what they did. Not. Um, they ran up, hit attack, and the thing died. Um, you know, so especially video reviews where they're going to show you the footage that they collected, it's really important to see, like, is their play style matching up with how you play games? Um, because I play games vastly different than either of the people in this call right now. That's um, not true. You know, you know, you and I play this side quest uh, simulator all the time. It, it depends. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I gun it for the story and, you know, I'm it. It really does depend on the game in particular, but. But I mean, like, it's important when you're looking at especially video reviews where they can show you the footage of them playing the game. Because um, mm-hmm. I, was, I was amazed when I, looked at, when I looked at that and was like... Because they rated uh, the Definitive Edition lower than IGN did the Wii version. Um, and it was because the advancements weren't good enough. And of course, they were running around in low-level zones with maxed out gear and characters. So... That's really strange. I've never heard of a review to do that, to have like a a different build for the game. I don't know if that's common or not. That, that's relatively common, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, developers will, typically it's developers. Um, it's very possible somebody was super interested in the game and played the game nonstop, like they got it really early, played it nonstop, and then gave the copy to like the person who wrote the article. Um, it's possible that the guy who wrote the article honestly crushed it like just destroyed the game and then just recorded the footage after the fact but that seems a little weird um but a lot of developers will put out especially indie devs uh will put out um review packages that they'll send out to um well-known content creators or well-known websites so that they can get their hands on the gist of the game um so that they're not sending out the whole game early to people so it's not entirely uncommon, but AAA games don't tend to do that necessarily. It tends to be more the indie devs or the uh, the kind of mid-range developers. That makes sense. Yeah. And to be fair, Xenoblade is kind of in that mid-range, I would say. Yeah, Monolith Soft's not Square Enix, but they're not... Um... Team Cherry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, th- those are really important things to look at when you're looking at, at those reviews. 
Um, so we've talked pretty generally about kind of reviews. Um, and I, I'm just curious that whenever you guys look at a review, um, you know, you guys see an article on Twitter or you go to your specific websites or videos. When you look at a review, what is it specifically that you are looking for them to talk about in those reviews? Hmm. Things that can't be fixed. Can if you elaborate makes... on that? Yeah, I will elaborate on that. So, like, if like the story's garbage, right? Of us, like, if a story of a story-based game, that's really not easy to fix. Things that can be fixed. Here's examples: uh, bugs, uh, right. quality of life changes, uh, stuff like that. I don't take that really into consideration because that can be fixed at a later date. At least in the current, you know, day and age. Back in the day, not really. Right. Um, but nowadays, <laughs> like, nowadays, bugs can be fixed. Uh, you know, janky controls can be fixed. Uh, stuff like that. I don't really take that into account. I take the, like, actual, like, story-based stuff and, like, things that can't be, you know, changed. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, I... nowadays, I guess everything can be changed. So, like... You know, there's there's no point in reviews anymore. Uh, roll 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 the credits. Episode's done. See you guys later. See you next time. Hi. <laughs> uh, but no, I get exactly what you're saying because um, I, I like I like that emphasis on things that maybe instead of can't be fixed, things that are the least likely to get fixed. There you go. Yeah, like stuff that's probably going to be left as is. Uh, for you know foreseeable the for the lifespan of the game um because you're right bug fixes happen all the time and um in single even in single player games like metroid dread just got an update recently um to fix some of the bugs and uh people glitching into the floors because they're breaking the game right now <laughs> um so i i i think that's a great place to look at it is um i, I think story beats are a big one yeah, there's also a lot of um, performance things that I look at too, especially on the Switch. Um, yeah, you have something like a oh, yeah. a port or like a, a third party game. A lot of times, those games have some trouble running on the Switch for whatever reason, um, due to like inefficient build or just the fact that the Switch is basically is. an iPad with <laughs> controllers. Yeah. Um but like a lot of those things cannot be fixed through a patch. So I do look at particularly with the Switch how it runs. Um since we've been back, I have gotten a PS5 as well, so I also don't have to worry about that as much with those games, which is kind of cool. Right. Um by the time this comes out, I can't remember if it's out or not, but the uh GTA uh trilogy remaster um i actually saw a tweet this morning uh from one of the nintendo life guys that was talking about how there are pretty some pretty massive frame drops uh on the switch port of the uh the remaster trilogy uh but it still looks like a ps2 game so i'm anxious to see when their their video comes out on it to kind of see what that actually ends up looking like but i'm a little worried about that game that's 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 a big one uh to consider is performance uh, especially between consoles. Right. Uh, especially if there are games that are built 
third party for multiple consoles or even in like the weird case of oh, what game was it? Deathloop. Deathloop was built by Microsoft but is also on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at kind of the difference between the Xbox and the PlayStation in that instance as well. Right. Um, what was the one? And also like that's interesting. So whenever you look at your review, if you can tell, a lot of times in the video review, it's pretty obvious what platform they're playing on. And a lot of times they'll say, if you're looking at something like Push Square, it's obviously going to be um, PlayStation. I forget what their Xbox counterpart is called. Um, and then Nintendo Life. Like any of those three, like you're obviously getting whatever platform their thing is for. Um, but if you're just PC a lot, right? What? <laughs> Nintendo Life reviews like PC games a lot, right? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look look at the platform it's being played on, um, especially if you're a Nintendo owner, because uh, the unfortunate thing for us <laughs> is that, you know, look at look at Doom. Go look at Doom. <laughs> go, go look at Doom. You don't go, want to see that. Go see how that plays on PC, and then tell me that that's how that's going to look on the Switch. It's just not going to happen. Um, th- that's a great one is performance. Uh, a lot of times for me, um, I look at mechanics, uh, cause I think that kind of goes along with a lot of what Hunter was saying is that they're not going to outright change the mechanics most of the time. Um, like 99% of the time, the mechanics that happen at launch are what's going to stick. Um, mm-hmm. and again, I play RPGs, so it's, there's little to mess up, <laughs> but there's just enough for them to mess up. Um, so I look at, you know, what's, what's new with it? What are the commands to look out for? How many, it's a lot of customization options. You know, I like, when I see those reviews, I like to see what, how I can personalize my journey, um, how much I can do that. And that typically, like, a re- that's a pretty objective standpoint for the most part. Um, like, Bravely Default 2, when that came out, and people were like, oh, yeah, there's this many jobs in the game. I was like, sweet. You know, here's how they work. Oh, okay, cool. I, I know exactly what to expect now when I pick up that game. Mm-hmm. So, and again with, again, with story beats, too, it's like, well, how does, how does the story pace itself? Um, I don't necessarily want to know what's in it, but I do want to know kind of how, how it paces throughout the game. Um, so where we've got do you guys to- go to find go some reviews? Like, who do you look at? Sure, if you'd like, I'll let you answer that one first. Um, Google. Google. So, I know that's a, that's a dumb answer, but like, I, I straight up like, I will Google the game. I'll read at least four. So I'll read, you know, like if it's like IGN did it, Polygon did it, uh, if Kotaku did it, if there's one more, that I'm not, I'm not re- remembering. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but like the big ones is the one. Hmm. They're the ones that I, you know, I read. Uh, and when I'm looking, I look for this, like, you know, story thing was kind of odd. If, like, I, if I see, like, story bad, uh, mm-hmm. gameplay good, I'm, I'm like, hmm, interesting. Because I like, I really like stories. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, But those are the ones I really look at. I start, I start going on tangents. You can stop me here. No, you're all good. That's what, That's what this podcast is. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I tend to, so we've mentioned them a lot on the show. Nintendo Life has become one of my favorites for the Switch. Um, 
what I like about them in particular is, uh, so they have a lot of their written reviews. Um, Mitch Vogel on Nintendo Life's one, uh, one that I really like um, on their written articles. Um, there's another girl on there that I really like whose name escapes me right now. Um, but then when they do their video reviews, what they do is they take those video reviewers take the footage of them playing the game on top of the written article, and they basically summarize the written article. And then at the end of the video, they kind of give their own take. So you're really getting two reviews in one with them. Um, and you can actually watch their gameplay, or it's stuff from the tr Nintendo Treehouse stuff um, that I really like. And typically out of their three video reviewers, they all kind of have their own tastes on different games. And a lot of times they'll align those tastes with who they go to. So uh, like Xeon and John are really big RPG guys. So they're the ones that do the RPG reviews. Um, a lot of the action, kind of action-y games, Alex tends to do. So, you know, when I know, I can pretty much see a video title and know who's probably doing that review um, <laughs> and get a pretty good sense of what they're looking for and what they're doing. So Nintendo Life's a big one for me. Um, RPG site is one that I like. Um, they have a Twitter account. I just joined their Discord. Um, they have a, a whole team of writers, and their whole focus is on RPGs. Um, so a lot of times, at the very least, I know that they understand the content material um, and kind of what makes an RPG what it is, um, even if sometimes it ends up a little bit pretentious in that way. Um, I still get a pretty general idea if it's what I'm looking for in an RPG. Uh, and then otherwise, I do like a lot of the YouTube content creators. Uh, Gerard the Completionist is a great one. Um, he does a pretty good job of blocking out a lot of story spoilers, but... I like his perspective as a, I played this game 0% to 100%. Um, here's my perspective on it from that angle, and I think that's pretty neat. Very unique. I don't know anyone else that does a full review at 100% like that. It's pretty yeah. cool. What about you, Matt? Let's see here. I also watch a lot of Nintendo Life. Um, my favorites are Arlo. He's a YouTube content creator. Um, oh, he has great. kind of a fun gimmick where he uses a Muppet-style puppet to deliver his reviews, which is fun. I like that he imbues a bit of like interesting character into his content that way. Um, I typically agree with the things that he says. I think he's a little harsher on things than I am in a lot of cases. Um, and then I also watch a lot of a group called Kind of Funny. They are like a multimedia content collective, I guess. They do a lot of different things, but um, when they do game reviews, it's usually like three or four of the people all on a Discord call together, and they discuss the game, and so they each have their own individual perspectives, which is interesting, and they kind of just talk about what they thought about the game and compare and contrast their ideas and... I think that's a really good way to get multiple angles of a game all in one go. I find that to be very helpful. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, I, and I, we've all kind of touched on it, but the multiple angles thing is so important. If you are one who really takes reviews to heart when you're... Because I get it, games are expensive. Like, I mean, a lot of them, like especially when you're talking AAA games, they're 60, 70 bucks. Um, and that's, you know, not all of us have... You know, we're teachers, uh, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And 
like can't just blow seven maybe not play them as much let's still do a review on them to kind of get that angle on it um so we've talked a lot on like the positives here and we've talked about some of the negatives but i want to take a moment to to take to dive into like when there is a what about a what the, what about the red flag reviews um again i'm keeping a certain uh <laughs> company unnamed for the moment but kotaku. yeah okay fine it's kotaku i hate kotaku if you see my twitter you know it um <laughs> Billy, I'll set a timer. You can have five minutes. Okay. I know. I this is how I, this is how the podcast goes down. They're gonna find me. Um, okay, I'll make it quick. So the, the big thing with Kotaku and other article writers like it is that they are they're always contrarian. The ones that always hit Twitter, the ones that always hit the headlines, the ones that get pushed to your phone uh, as like an update article are always contrarian articles um, with really, like, aggressive headlines to get you to click it. Um, and unfortunately, it works. Um, Very well. Yeah. Uh, and so when you, a lot of times when you see a, an extremely aggressive article headline, it's usually not, it's either not as aggressive as the headlines reads, it's just to get you to click the article. Once you click that link, that group has won because then their ad revenue spikes. Um, especially if it's counter, like just directly counter to anything else everyone else has been writing about. Um, the big one recently has been Metroid Dread. We talked about Metroidvanias uh, a while back, and we haven't seen a Metroid game in 19 years. What did Kotaku do three days after the game released? Put out an article about Metroid Dread being emulated and listed what article, like what emulators were being used, um, just to make people angry because it works. Because look at me, I'm angry and I'm talking about it. <laughs> the other thing they said, they're like Metroid Dread doesn't do much for Samus's personality. Yes, and I and my tweet was a response without tweeting the article was a hey, how about you play the game first? Because they clearly didn't. If that was the article that they were trying to put out, um. And, and Kotaku in particular has a history of this, and it's very frustrating. Um, because, again, they keep getting away with it. Um, not to say Kotaku is the only one. So, that's my bit. Watch out for just aggressive, contrarian articles. They are not really that review. It's really not a review. It's just to get you to click the link, and they write a bunch of words. Right. I find that on YouTube a lot as well. It's like, a video title. The problem with X game, um, I see it the most in um, Pokemon, personally. Yes. Now, yeah. Where it's like people like all the problems with Gen Eight and how I would fix them. It's like, who cares? <laughs> That's <laughs> not a review. This is like a. This is just you yelling at your camera about a video game that you still bought and played and seemingly enjoyed enough to put time and effort into and now you're just yelling about it on the internet to get people to click on your thumbnail it's silly yeah i'm I'm right there with you on that um it's i think that's a really good point too like anything that is typically contentious again we have some pokemon remakes coming up um very soon like a week from tomorrow 
right. at the time of this recording, so I just dated the episode. That's okay. Um, and we have Legends Arceus coming in January. Like, you already know those games are going to get review bombed to all heck. You already know that those games are they're going to sell really well despite <laughs> all the hate it's going to get. Um, so just watch out for those. Like, you don't have to fall into those. Just because the internet's screaming one thing does not mean that's actually the general feelings about a game. Well, did you see that everyone was, like, super excited that Legends Arceus is going to be open world? And then when they were like, hey, it's not fully open world. Yeah. People started throwing a fit, like, yeah. immediately. Yeah, that was never said in any media. Yeah, that it's never it was going said. to be open world, they assumed. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing, too, right? Um, when an article comes out, it's like, oh, check out what we know about this new Pokemon game, or any game, and it, there was nothing in the trailer that said that's what it was, don't believe them. Don't believe them. I, I think that brings up another point, is like, assumptions of video games impacting the review of a certain thing yes uh, mm -hmm. same thing it's okay i'm gonna bring up something that's not it's not really old but it's old news at this point you remember mm. uh, have you both of you seen wandavision yep yes okay so if you're listening to this and you haven't seen wandavision just mute it for like two minutes because i'm gonna spoil some shit um <laughs> uh it's like when uh when evan peters's character came up Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, oh, my God, they're doing the the so the Fox-Sony crossover. The X-Men are coming, blah, blah, blah. And then they just did it for a PP joke. Everyone got so fucking mad. Sorry, <laughs> let me, let me – I'll not swear. <laughs> You've already done it. I have to mark this episode as explicit. It's okay. No! <laughs> what have I done? Just bleep me, man. Okay. Is that our first one? Is that our first explicit uh, episode? I don't think so. I could check right now. I've got it pulled up. I don't think so. Anyway, continue your rant. Yeah, it's our first okay. one. All right. Oh, yeah. Fart poop. Anyway. <laughs> um, but like people started assuming some crazy stuff about the show, like, oh, Mephisto's coming, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then when that yeah. stuff didn't happen, people immediately had less of an opinion of, of the show. Yes, I that's such a good point. Um, so many times we get they're like, oh, because this thing showed up, that means it has to be. So when it doesn't, it's like, oh, man. Like, here's my thing. When hashtag Game Freak Lied came out, um, when Sword and Shield came out, like, they didn't lie about anything. And so many people bought that narrative that Game Freak lied that all the Pokemon wouldn't be in the game. Or Game Freak lied that their game would have, like, 4K graphics. Like, they never said any of that. Um, right. There were a lot of assumptions that were made because it was coming to a, an at-home console for the first time, right? And, and with the yeah. history that most, most are that every Pokemon was able to be gotten in the previous games, like that's not a guarantee ever, especially when we have nine hundred Pokemon now, right? And even stuff like every Nintendo Direct, everyone was like, "Oh, it has to have Breath of the Wild two news," and then they wouldn't have Breath of the Wild two news at the end, and the internet would throw a fit that there wasn't Breath of the Wild 2 news, and, like, nobody told you there would be. You know? Or that we thought we would get a, a year of Legend of Zelda because Mario did. Like, as much as we would like those things. Um, it would have been nice. 
the ideas of things you want should not impact what we actually get. You know, it should yes. be on the merit of what was presented to us and then what the product actually ends up becoming. You know, like if we got Pokemon uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes and then they were like, oh yeah, by the way, we removed Cynthia for some reason. Like, no, you advertise Cynthia would be in this game and a lot of people would be very upset. That's different than, oh man, like we didn't get the mega dynamax z moves because it has to combine actually that's another thing people kept thinking mega evolution was going to be in this game why Which i don't game? know Diamond why remakes. oh i don't know why. people were mad like i've seen stuff on tiktok and twitter and like ah oh, there's no it's the same game there's no mega evolutions and i'm like why would there be mega evolutions we haven't had mega evolutions in like literally six years that wasn't a thing in diamond and pearl so, again, stuff like that. Don't fall... Just because somebody on the internet says it's true doesn't mean it is. <laughs> and that includes us. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> All right, maybe it doesn't include Matt. Matt is a good bean. Good bean. I'm a bad bean. Clearly, I made this episode explicit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Even if I edit it out, which I probably won't, I'm just going to still mark it explicit. I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> um... But, I mean, that that's, to me, that's pretty much the gist, right? Like, game reviews are helpful in helping you justify purchases on expensive games. Um, you know, to listen to somebody, to a group of people that you trust, that have similar ideas to how you play games, is, is a good way to to get these reviews but they should not be your full opinion right i've definitely played games based on suggestions from friends or from a review and hated the experience you know um and i've had the opposite where i've countered what a lot of the reviewers were saying and i bought a game and ended up loving it so you know no review is ever going to 100 percent match your interests right it's also interesting because the audience for these sorts of things, these game reviews, is actually quite small. Most people who play games play, like, the annual Madden, Call of Duty, mm. and, like, maybe one other game, and then that, that's about it. This, like, network of people that play video games and talk about them all the time is pretty small mm. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Hunter, did you have something? Yeah, I was going to elaborate on your point of, you know, saying like there, a re- game was reviewed poorly. I played it and I had a lot of fun. I think the perfect example for my, for myself, at least, is like Pokemon Sword and Shield, right? Mm-hmm. And when that game came out, so many people were like, this is the worst Pokemon game. And I'm like, oh, OK. So I didn't buy it for like a year. Mm-hmm. And then I got it and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All three of us like that game quite a bit. Yeah. I've sunk the most amount of time into it with the exception of Gen 3. And that's because it's got like 15 years on Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. You know? Same. Like, yeah. I, and, um, see, I was trying to think of a game that got. I mean, like, I like shitty games. Uh, this <laughs> episode's already explicit. Uh, I like Sonic Adventure, the first one. I like Sonic 06. Sue me. Like, just come on. Like, oh. <laughs> I was going to applaud you. <laughs> oh, we can still sue you. You weren't yeah. joking about that. 
Yeah. Um, I made your episode <laughs> explicit. <laughs> but I mean, like, like seriously, like if you see a game and it looks like something you might enjoy, like play it. <laughs> you know? Don't ha don't just because IGN Kotaku GameSpot gave it a one out of ten might still be good for you and that's really all that matters if you have fun with a game so like don't feel guilty liking that game or just because the game was reviewed really well or is a classic does not mean that you should feel bad for not liking it um i to this day have still not finished the original final fantasy 7 because i struggle to play it and it's like considered like as an rpg guy like that should be a sin but i i'm not gonna play it because i don't like it so I'll get the remake whenever I can. When it finally comes to PC. So, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, do you boys have any other closing, finishing thoughts? Sorry for swearing. It's okay, Hunter, I'm just kidding. You. I don't care. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think at the end of the day, like, play the game. If it's something that might interest you. Just play it. You can read as many like reviews as you want, um, but that shouldn't deter you from playing something you think you might like. I agree with that. Awesome. Well, Hunter, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come chat with us about game reviews. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And swearing on our show. It's great. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh but thank you guys once again for listening uh i hope you enjoyed this episode i'm hoping to get some more uh kind of coming up as we go uh maybe some more guests we'll see wink wink nudge nudge um but yeah if there's anything you'd like to have us talk about um on the show you can always find us at games parlay pod on twitter um or leave a review on spotify anchor apple wherever you get your podcasts and let us know what you think uh and yeah go back and